Welcome back to Sinstitute Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Galatians chapter 1. It reads, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you into the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I now trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his Son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were the apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia, and returned again to Damascus. Then, after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. So here for the book of Galatians, we have with us Jake Wimpy, and Jake is one of our student ministry leaders and is excited to share with us what Paul is trying to get across to us here in Galatians. And from the start, we see, and it might be actually hard for us to see this because if we've only walked through Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, we're not really having the totality of the rest of the letters that Paul has written. But when we look at them with those, we see that this letter is very different from the others in terms of the form that he follows in writing that. And so what might that key us into, Jake, here as something significant for us to know right off the bat here in Galatians chapter 1? So the first thing that we can note is that the very fact that Paul is writing a letter to the Galatians means there's something significant going on in their church. Uh, There are plenty of churches at this time, and he's not writing letters to all of them. So the reason that Paul is writing a letter is already significant. But then the other thing that we see is the greeting that Paul has is very short in comparison to his other letters. And we see him almost going right into the issue that is at hand. And we've talked about that here in our study of God's word before. Whenever we see something that breaks up a pattern, it's probably significant. 
And so that that pattern is broken, that's really good for us to see. And like I said, it might be hard for us to see if we've just walked through those first three, but especially when we add on Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, all these other things, in the totality of his letter, that's definitely significant. Significant enough that he's writing a letter, significant enough that he's uh, changing the way in which he forms those letters to draw our attention to the seriousness of the issue. And what's the issue he brings up for us here? Well, like I said, he immediately goes into this issue at the center of this issue is the gospel and whether what they're believing, the Galatians are believing, is the true gospel or not. And we see that the Galatians have what he says is deserted Christ who has called them in grace. And they are believing a different gospel. And that different gospel is one of the law. They're being somehow tripped up, whether it's their own research or there's people who are teaching them these things. They're being tripped up by the law and thinking that they need to follow the law on top of having faith in Christ instead of just having faith in Christ alone. And so obviously when we're talking here about the law, Jake, like you brought up to us, that's something really big for these Jewish believers. But we're not in a Jewish culture we're not probably worried about adding the law as the law of Moses to what we're doing in faith. But what might be something that we might be tempted to add to our belief in Christ to say that this is what's going to gain our salvation or merit our standing before God? One of the things or a few of the things that we could see happening in the a modern you know, American context is we have a lot of people who say they're Christians, but they're not. And the reason that they think they're Christians is because, you know, maybe they're born in America and their family are Christians. Or one huge one is simply that I go to church, so I must be, you know, a good Christian. Or it could just be like, hey, I read my Bible or I pray. All of those things are not sufficient enough to save you. The only thing that is sufficient is Christ himself. And that is the the point of this letter as well. Paul is trying to get them to see that whatever their wherever their eggs are, uh, it can't be in any other basket than the basket of faith in Christ and looking to him as sufficient. And it's really honestly amazing how similar the situation that you're describing for us in America is to the situation that they have. Because it's almost like it's this hereditary genetic type thing that's passed down. Like you would say, hey, the Jewish tradition passed down. Yep, just do these things and you're all good. Hey, I'm in America. We're a nation founded on Christian principles. We've got everything we need. So therefore, I get all of the promises of God because of doing these things. And that's really not true. And that's what he really is going to walk through here. And I think that another significant thing for us to really focus on in this chapter is he talks about the fact that the gospel that he has was not something that somebody else gave to him. It's really a primary source from God. And so when we think about that, him receiving the gospel straight from Jesus, how is that beneficial to the argument and to what he's trying to speak to the Galatians here about? Well, I think that what makes this uh, significant is that we can know then what is true from the original gospel, and we can test everything that anyone says or anything that we read against the gospel. And if it doesn't align, then it's not of the gospel. And so we 
when anyone is maybe coming to us about, you know, well, this is what I believe. You can, same with the Galatians, they should be able to look at the gospel that they've heard originally and see that, okay, this doesn't really line up with what we were originally taught. So it's not actually of the gospel and it's not of Christ either. Yeah, and definitely the further we get away from something, the more likely it is to be changed or to be made into a different adaptation. But that's probably why Paul says here, like, hey, I'm shocked that this has happened so quickly for you guys because I know that you had the truth and yet are turning from it to these other things. And as we think about that in our situations and in our life, it kind of really makes us think about, hey, what might be some places that we might be tempted to accept other things other than the gospel to guide our life? I think it is an important thing for us to think about the fact that as we listen to God's word or as people are explaining it, as we're reading things that might say that they're religious or Christian, that we're actually taking them back to the scripture. And Jake, you've already really pointed us to that to say, hey, take it back to the original. Take it back to the truth. One of the things that I've been amazed by, and I don't do this as often now because uh, they're not really as big as they once used to be, but Christian bookstores are sometimes some of the craziest places to go and see what qualifies to be in the Christian bookstore. And I go in there and I see these different authors and I see these different self-help books and all these other things. And I'm like, wow, they're really throwing all of this in there. And an undiscerning mind walks in and says, everything in here is true. Everything in here is the gospel. And it's not always that case. And so we need to take things back to God's word and we need to take things back to the gospel as we see it. And so, Jake, what would you say to somebody would be some important things and important ways to really filter what they're hearing through the gospel and through what God's word says? How does a person really start to do that? And what does that look like practically for one of our listeners today? So I would say that the uh, best way to, again, to do this would be to learn what the gospel is. But then the question pops up, like, how do I know that the gospel I'm learning is the original gospel? And I would respond with saying, well, find it in God's word. We want to, we want to view and hold God's word as the ultimate source of truth in our lives. It should be the one thing that we can know undoubtedly is always true and never going to lead us astray. And I think one of the the best passages that we can go to in God's word uh, to learn what the gospel is, is Ephesians 2. And the gospel is so clearly laid out by Paul in that passage. And we see, we can, if we've been transformed by Christ, we can see that the gospel is and this passage has actually taken place in our own lives. And that not only can be a way for us to know what the gospel is, but also see how the gospel has changed us. And that really sets for us, hey, just a paradigm for how we're going to look at these things. Hey, if I'm hearing something, take that truth, take it back to what God's word says, and make sure that it corresponds with that. But the average listener here might be saying like, well, what if I don't know God's word all that well? Hey, you know what? There's lots of things 
that I hear still today that I say, hmm, let me think about that a little more. Let me wrestle with that. The wrestling is good. The thinking is good. Finding other people who can help to uh, polish that for you. Hey, that's an important part of learning and growing, which is why we encourage you guys to be doing this in community. As you read through here, Galatians chapter one, there might be other questions that you're having. Take those questions Seek that answer yourself. Look to God's word for that. Look to the other tools that you have in your life. And if you're not finding that, look to someone else who can help you to understand that in a greater way. Because as you do that, you're learning, you're growing, and you're maturing in your faith, and you're making it so that you're more readily able to apply God's word and understand God's word as it's spoken into your life. Know today as you do that, you are loved. You're